eaten on holidays, and um, I find that time really valuable for a lot of reasons, but one of them is that when I'm coming back from holidays, I think I have a unique perspective on ministry and on, on the church and so forth, and I found myself this year thinking, like, what do you really want for IPC? And of course, what I mean by that is, what do I want for you, those of you who are IPC? Um, and there are a lot of things, you know. I, I, I really long for people to come to faith who don't know Christ, you know, to really enter into that relationship because that's just a blessed life. It's an incredible and good thing. Um, I, I long for people who are already Jesus' followers to be further transformed by the power of his word, by the work of the Holy Spirit, so that we can become more and more like Jesus. That's the abundant life. That's how we discover the abundant life. We are transformed, right? Um, but particularly this year, I think, as I've come back, what has summed it up for me is I long for the people of IPC to encounter God. Do you encounter God? You know, not just once long ago when you were converted. Do you encounter him day by day by day? Do you experience his reality? His transforming power, his love, his grace, his comfort, his conviction, whatever. Are you in relationship with the Lord so you are living with him and knowing his presence and action in your life? You know, that does happen in lots of ways. We experience God in the word he speaks and we just know that God has spoken. He has spoken into the circumstances of our life and we just know what the next step is to be. You know, we encounter God in community. We're, have, we're going to have life groups sign up in, in a few weeks. We're going to do it online this year, thanks to Brandon. Set it all up. It's going to be different and good. Um, but in that place, you know, you come together with other people and you, you encounter Jesus in the midst where two or three are gathered. There I am, Jesus said, in a unique and a powerful way. We can encounter God in worship. I hope you have already and you will still as I speak and then as we sing it, it's so incredibly important that we make worship our priority and we meet God corporately and we come to his presence and we praise him and he acts among us. I hope that's your experience of worship. Um, and you know, we can encounter God in prayer. Uh, prayer might sound to some a bit of a dull sort of thing. If prayer sounds sort of dull or a bit boring to you, you haven't gotten there yet, to that place where through prayer and in prayer, you're encountering the living God. And I want to talk about prayer this morning. I want to talk about the reality of, of, uh, of, of what it means to encounter God as we experience him in prayer. I'm going to start at John 14. I'm not going to preach from this passage, but I want to open things up. John 14, 12 to 14. Listen to this. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus is speaking, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. You can just stop right there and, whoa, we get to do what Jesus once did? Like, have you grappled with that? But we won't do that today. <laughs> and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read Jesus speaking in those terms, it's like, that's an incredible, remarkable possibility. You know? You, you folks here, you who know Jesus, you know who are in a relationship with the living God, 
You know, you who are in a relationship with a wonderful and powerful one who has no rivals, you can ask him for anything in his name and he promises that he will do it. Now, if you have done that, you have encountered God. If you have done that and if you do it in an ongoing fashion and you see Jesus doing what you ask him to do, you're encountering God all the time. And that will just deeply impact you. It will blow you away. It will cause you to be humbled in his presence and to worship and to honor him. Um, It will change you and it will change our world. It's an incredible promise. Um, So I'm going to preach today on, on how to pray and actually get to the place where we see this happening in our lives, where we ask God to act and he does. So the text that we're going to go to today is probably one of the most challenging, for me anyway, one of the most challenging texts on prayer that I can read you, in my opinion. So it's in Mark 11, verse 22 to 24. Jesus again speaking, Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Let's just hold that verse there for a second, guys. I mean, I look at that promise, another promise, and I recognize in in what Jesus is saying, his desire for us. It's what he calls us to. It's, it's, It's a promise, but it's more than a promise. It's an invitation. He's saying, this can be your experience of me in prayer. This dynamic, powerful reality, ask for whatever you want, and then he says this, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Bit of a qualifier there, isn't there? Bit of a qualifier. And that's what we're called to. To this, this, this place in our relationship with Jesus that is so intimate and so real and so trusting that we know that when we ask him to do something, we can actually come to a place where we are confident, where we are sure, where we actually believe that what we have asked of God, he's going to do. Now, my experience of a lot of folks, Jesus followers, is they read the verse and they feel stumped because somehow they can't quite get there. Don't put up your hand, but you know what I'm talking about? You know, it seems like an incredible thing, but it's not what they experience when they pray. They don't have that deep conviction. They don't believe that they can receive something before they receive it. And very often they don't get what they ask for. And somehow they don't take hold of this potential that God has for us, of engagement in Him and with Him, so much so that they in our world gets changed. They can't somehow tap in to this incredible power that God has waiting to reveal, waiting to exercise through our prayer life. The question of the day is, how do you get from here to there? How do you get from wherever we're at, and I don't know about everybody in their prayer life, but from wherever you're at to that place where you literally believe that we have received what we've asked for before we receive it. How do you get there? See, most people, I think, this is their experience in prayer, they ask and they hope that they will receive. Can you relate to that one? It's like they come into the presence of God and, 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 and let God know what they want from him because they know he cares for them and he know, they know he's real. And it's very sincere faith. And they know that he loves them and is concerned for them. Um, 
But it seems that the best that they can get to is a point of communicating these things to God and then leaving it with the Lord. God, this is what I'm asking for. I'm going to leave it with you for you to do with as you wish. But believe without doubt that you're going to receive before you receive it? I think a lot of people would say, no, that's not my experience. Um, It's just not where I'm at. It's just not uh, the way my prayer life seems to work. Well, I'm going to share with you this morning some teaching. I have to be honest because I could tell you all the stuff and you'd think I'm brilliant, right? Which I'm not. But I'm going to tell you a teaching I, I, I learned from a man called Dallas Willard. He was a professor of philosophy at University of California. Brilliant guy who's written incredible books. I hope you've read his stuff. If you haven't, I'd encourage you to. I mean, he's had a profound effect, in, at least in North American Christianity. He passed away a few years ago. But I heard him teach on a podcast, and he had three basic points that I want to speak to you about, particularly the third. And I'm just going to share them with you. Number one, God doesn't need us to get anything done. I hope you realize that. Uh, I mean, he just doesn't. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, and whatever way he chooses to do it without our prayers. Do you agree? God's God. He doesn't need us. He can do what he chooses to do. Number two, God wants to do a lot of good things in this world. It is in his heart to, to, and in his mind, it's in his desire to do that which is good. He is longing to bring goodness into our lives and into our world. He is ready and he is eager to act, to exercise that power we just spoke of so that incredibly good things happen in this world. You know, and that's a whole discussion about you know, how we discern the mind of God and pray in the name of Jesus and all those things. And maybe some day we'll talk about it. But you know what Dallas Willard basically says? Number one, just think about what is good. Because God is good. And if God is good, he wants good things to happen. It's kind of simple. And secondly, if you want to know what God wants, just read the Bible. Because literally there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of very clear indications about what God wants to do in this world. And you just go read the Bible and then pray for them because they're good and because they're scriptural and it's been absolutely clearly communicated. And pray those things. Knowing that God wants these things to happen, <clears throat> knowing that he, he wants the kingdom to come in power, knowing that he wants to extend the reign of Christ in this world of ours. So number one, God can do anything he wants, doesn't need us. Number two, God wants to do a whole bunch of, of incredible things. In this world, number three, and this is the most important one, listen to me, God chooses not to do these things on his own, but invites us into participation with him, sharing with him in a process of getting the things done that he wants to be done through our praying. He, he has so designed things, if you want to put it that way, that he invites us into a process so that he and we together accomplish incredible things Because we pray. You know? He wants us to ask us so that he can do. Do you believe that? He delights in his people coming to him and asking him to do the things that he wants done and sharing in this relationship so that things get accomplished for his kingdom. He is passionate about wanting us to pray so that he can act. This is his design. This is the way of the kingdom. This is how God has set things up. I ask, God does. I ask, 
God does. Let me tell you this. By the way, you know, BTW, and all the kids use that. By the way. I want you to think about this. It is a bit of an aside, but by implication, what we realize is if we don't ask, God doesn't act. You get that? James chapter 4. What does it say? You desire... Well, let me just jump to the end. You do not have because you do not ask God. Now, that ought to... Like, that's kind of mind-blowing. <laughs> that there are dozens and dozens and dozens of things that have never occurred in our lives or in the life of our church or in our community or in our world because we, we who are IPC, haven't asked God to do them. How do you feel about that? It's like, oh, man. <laughs> you know, there, are, there is so much that doesn't happen because we haven't asked, so the text says. But you see, what we're called to is, to is to enter into this dynamic that God has created. You ask me and I'll do it. You ask me and I'll do it. And he longs for that dynamic to play out. See, what this boils down to is this, and it's very, very simple. Do you believe what I just said? That God has so arranged things in this fashion that we ask and he acts. It's not a matter of, I think some folks get confused with this. Oh, I have to have faith and I have to somehow conjure up that faith within me so that, so that you know, I, I have the faith. You know, Dallas Wildard speaks to this and he says, you know what, that borders on a, on a self-righteousness which depends on me accomplishing something within me before God can act. Now, the simple question is, do you believe that God has so designed things so that when he asks, when we ask him of something, he will do it. Either you believe it or you don't. Either you have faith or you don't. It's what you think to be true. I want to I go to another example from Scripture that plays out this principle of partnership and sharing in process and, and, and God inviting us in so that he might do. And that is in, in, in the reality of the production of children. Okay, now parents of small children cover their ears. Because the dynamic is this. Um, Genesis chapter 2, God created Adam and Eve. Um, and he brought them together and he created marriage. With the purpose and with the intention wired into that relationship of, of the production of children. Male and female coming together in sexual union so that ultimately conception takes place. And in that moment, God creates life. You see, we can't create life. <laughs> God only can do that, but he invites us into the process so that we partner with him to achieve the end result. Now listen, God doesn't need us to create people. He doesn't need us to do anything. He did a fine job with Adam and Eve in the creation of those two people without us, right? He did it all on his own. And he could do that for thousands upon thousands of years. You know, there's this person and there's that person and breathe life into them. And... But he didn't. He says to us, join, he says to we who are human, join us through this experience of, of marriage and of sexuality. And as you act, so I will act in a partnership and process. He chooses this for us so that we might be involved to get done what he wants done. He invites us to participate with him to accomplish what is good. 
Now, N.T. Wright, another phenomenal author, if you're looking for people to read this summer, has said this, and quote, God gives us the dignity of sharing agency with him. Think about that. God gives us the dignity of sharing agency with him. I went to a dictionary, and I looked up agency. You know what it is? A means of exerting power or influence, colon, instrumentality. We become the instruments in prayer or in producing children. We become the instruments in prayer that God uses to accomplish good things in this world that he longs to accomplish, but he waits for us to pray. But my friends, when he prays, when we pray, then he acts. Do you believe it? Either you do or you don't. The question, of course, comes to us is how, how do you come to that place where you actually believe that you have received what you have asked for before you receive it? How do you get there? It seems like Jesus talking about moving mountains. It seems like this spiritual mountain that people want to climb or have to climb in order that they can accomplish what God calls them to. Seemingly an impossible thing for many people who, who get stuck, as I say, in the dynamic of prayer. Well, Willard is brilliant <clears throat> as he actually was. You know what he said? You know how you get there? How you come to that place where you're actually encountering God, responding to your prayers, you knowing that you're going to get it before you get it? He said, start praying. He said, ask God for one thing. Ask God for something that's good. You've read the Bible. You know what he wants. Just ask him for one thing. And whether it's right away or in a week or a month or however long God chooses to take, you realize at a certain point, oh, that happened. Then Dallas Willard says, well, after you've done that, then ask God for something else. And after whatever time God chooses, you know, you sit back and you think, whoa, God answered that prayer. And then he says, do it again, and then do it again, and do it again, and do it again. And all of a sudden, you're beginning to realize, you know, whenever I ask God to do something, he does it. And you begin to actually believe that God is hearing you and he is with you in prayer and he is responding to your prayer. And you do it so often over and over and over again until you actually come to that place where you actually believe that you will receive what you've asked for before it happens because you have so encountered the reality that you can't not believe it. It only makes sense. You see, the reality of learning this dynamic is just simply stepping into the process that God has designed Stepping into a process that God invites us into and desires that we participate in. Stepping into a process that God delights in because we're his children and he loves us and he wants to do things together with us. I think it was Dallas Willard. I can't be sure in this one. I listened to the podcast again, but um, someone has said with great authority, <laughs> when I ask... Um, Communicate, uh, coincidences happen. When I don't ask, coincidences don't happen. Have you had that experience? When I ask, it's, 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 it's like an uncanny thing. Things happen again and again and again. But when I stop asking, these coincidences don't, just don't take place in my life anymore. And you see, if we do that often enough, we'll come to a place where we recognize deep in our souls, this is not coincidence that's happening. This is the action of God responding to the prayer that I have given to him. 
And we'll end up in that place where we will be people who are praying based on the faith that God has given to us through an experience not only of his word, but of an experience of him. So as that verse says, as challenging as it might sound, we can actually believe that we have received before it is given to us. That's the goal. Now, one of the questions I have for you this morning is how many people long, long in their heart of hearts to know God this way? How many people here are just ready to say, Lord, I want to step into that dynamic. I want to know that partnership. I want to experience the process. And I want to, I want to par- partner with you so that you get to accomplish the incredible good things that you want done in my life, in the life of my family, in the life of my church, in the life of my community, the life of my world. Because I've asked and you've given. How do we apply all of this? How do we apply it all? Um, You begin by asking what good God wants done. Now, I could talk about that for a while, and that's getting back again to what we ask for, but I didn't say you begin by asking what you want. (laughs) God's God and we're not. He is Lord and we are servant. It is his will that's primary, not our own. What do we pray for first and foremost? We pray for what God wants and the good he longs to bring into the world. Start there. Start there. You know, my hope and my prayer is, has been, that as I have been preaching today, you're already beginning to think of things that you might ask God for that he might give you. Don't know if that's happened at this point, but if it hasn't happened, could you start now? Because in a few minutes, I'm going to give us all an opportunity to pray. Just quietly, about a minute. I want to give you an opportunity to step into the process that God has designed in order to get things done in this world, the things he longs for, the things that are good. What is it that you, what is the good that you think God wants in your life, in your mind, in your heart right now? The Spirit of God will lead us to those things, specifically to those things. Scripture will lead us to those things. But right here, right now, can you start to think, God, what is it that I'm going to pray for in five minutes? What is it that you want to accomplish in this world that you're waiting for me to ask for before you do? You know, it it could relate to any of those dynamics that you have just described. And what I'm hoping for and what I'm praying for is, is if this has never happened in your life before, that this morning you ask God for something and in some days or weeks or months up to God, there'll be a, a little light go on in your mind and you go, whoa. That's an interesting coincidence. I asked and God did. And then I hope you'll do it again and again and again and again until all of a sudden you actually believe in your heart of hearts that all I need to do is ask because God is waiting for me to participate with him in the creation of that which is good. I want to suggest as we wind down um, that you, you think about prayer in this way. You know, we have six foundational realities in our vision and I've spoken to them in the spring. Um, I'm going to suggest that for six days out of seven in a week, you put this on your prayer journal. Do you have a prayer journal? If you write it down and then you stroke it off because it's done, it's kind of a cool way to recognize coincidence. (laughs) So get a prayer journal, and I'm going to suggest from Monday to Saturday, you include these items on your list. 
Because it's going to impact the life of the church. It's going to impact your life. Number one, spiritual development, spiritual growth. Could you come into the presence of God and say, God, I want you to deepen my faith. God, I want you to reveal more of yourself to me. I want you to transform my life by the power of your word so that I can become the person you want me to be. Now, can you imagine God sitting enthroned in heaven saying, oh, I'm not going to do that. Well, that's ridiculous. Deepen their faith and make them more like me. Of course not. Like God is going to celebrate that prayer and God will answer that prayer because it is immediately and definitely part of the good that he wants to accomplish in your life. So you can pray for the spiritual development of yourself or of our congregation if you've got the guts. That one takes guts, by the way, because it opens the door for God to act in your life in whatever way he chooses. So maybe that's a Monday prayer, okay? What about Tuesday? Community, life group dynamics. God, will you show me where I fit this year as I go to sign up? Will you deepen my relationship with your people so that I connect more deeply with them, so that I enter into a small group of people who love one another and can openly share their joys and their sorrows and their brokenness, who can care for one another? God, can you give me those people who I can do life with through whom I can experience the presence and the reality of the Lord Jesus where two or three are gathered and there I am in the midst? You think God's going to do that one? I think so. How about a Wednesday prayer mission? It's, uh, foundational reality number two. Lord, how and where do you want me to serve this year? Note the question. It's not, Lord, do you want me to serve? That's a given. Read the Bible, you know it. If you're a Christian, you're a servant in the mind of God. Lord, how and where do you want me to serve? In the church, in the community, both, likely. How, how do you want to use these, the spiritual gifts that you have given me so that I can become, again, that conduit? We're going to talk about this in a few weeks, actually, where we can partner together so that as I serve, your spirit moves in power and eternal consequence occurs in the life of other people. How about this one? We're on to Thursday, I believe. Sharing your story. How about this request that you might bring to God? Remember, he wants to accomplish good things, and if we simply ask him, he will do it. God, will you give me an opportunity to share my story? Will you give me a relationship? Will you provide that to me of trust in which I can share my story? Will you give me an opportunity, a time to sit down with that person? And will you give me the courage to actually tell that person who doesn't know you what you have done in my life or what you are doing in my life in this moment? Can you imagine God saying no to that? Like, honestly, <laughs> he's not going to do that because that's what he wants us to be doing as his followers, sharing his reality in life. Foundational reality number five. I'm going to suggest you pray this, by the way, on a Saturday, not a Friday, but worship. Do you pray for us when we gather together during the week? You know, God... Tomorrow, assuming we're on Saturday, as we gather together as your people, will you open the heavens and come down? Will you meet us in that place? And will you speak to us? And will you prove to us your reality so that we can encounter you, so that I can encounter you in a life-changing way? God, will you move? And then lastly, I guess this goes on the Friday. Prayer. The other foundational reality. God, would you teach me what it means to actually believe in this partnership, to really believe that it's true, 
Will you lead me to that place where I sincerely believe in the depth of my being that I have received what I have asked for before you give it to me? Simply because I have come to that place where I recognize the reality, I ask and you do. God will lead you there. God will lead you there. And I have developed that little phrase in my prayer life. It reminds me of these truths. And as I'm asking something of God that I believe he desires and that it is good for this world, which is consistent with Scripture, I'll remind myself, it's just a little phrase I, 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 I have. God, I ask, you do. I ask, and you do. And so often he does. I want to finish this morning by simply saying this and then giving you opportunity to prayer. Can you imagine if each of us in this church, hundreds of people, hundreds of people, if we got to the point where we could engage this process that God has created and invited us into, we would become a spiritually powerful church in the hand of God. We would have impact as never before. We would see change come in our lives, in the life of our church, in the life of our community, in the life of this world that would shock us. It would be incredible. Simply because we have come to the place where we honestly believe in our heart of hearts, if I ask, God will do. Well, listen, I want to give you that opportunity to pray. And if, if you're new here, maybe prayers, you're not familiar with prayer, just sit back and um, just honor what we're doing. Uh, but you certainly don't need to participate. But for those of you who know Christ, for those of you who are in relationship with God, I just want to take about a minute. And I want you to close your eyes uh, in a minute. And each of you just say, Lord, what is it that you're inviting me to pray for today? What's the good that you wish to do in this world? Let him lead you. And then I want you to remind yourself of what's being spoken here today. God, my job is to ask you. But I know when I ask you for what is good, that you're going to respond to that because that's in your heart. It's your heart's desire that we do this together. And then I want you to ask God for that which is good, that which he has led you to pray for. And then in the next day or week or month, or however long it might take, I want you to sit back and watch to see what God might do. So let's pray. Lord, we believe with all of our hearts that the truth of Scripture has direct application to our lives. And what it tells us, Lord, is that uh, we can get to that point of actually believing that we've received before you act. We believe, Lord, that you call us to ask and that in our asking, not only do you hear, but you are ready to act. You are eager to act to accomplish the things that you wish to accomplish in this world of ours. So, Lord, we take this moment in the quietness of this place, each of us, just to pray. So Spirit of God, lead us now to pray the things that um, you desire us to pray. And Lord, help us to believe that as we ask, 
that God will do. So here is now Lord Jesus. Lord God, in my prayer for this people, for these people gathered in your presence today, is that you will prove to them that when they ask, that you will do. I pray that you will prove it to them over and over and over and over again, and that through their praying and through your doing, that incredible good will flow into the life of this community, into the life of this world. And I pray, Lord, as these people engage prayer, maybe as never before, that they will encounter the reality of God in a profound way. That they will be left amazed. That not only, Lord, do you hear, but you act, you respond to our requests. Lord, lead this church to be a church of profound prayer where we take seriously your invitation to participate with you. And where we see you moving in a spiritually powerful way, simply because we asked you to do so. Come alive in our lives, Lord. Prove to us us your reality. Show us your goodness. Lord God, show us how real you are. As we pray together in Jesus' name.